Hello and welcome back to the Money Bear Podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Daniels, better known as Clover Money Coach on the internet. And this is our quick tip episode. So if you're new here, our quick tip episode is all about giving you a quick money tip that you can start using right away. And I usually also give you like a little life update. So let's start with the life update. Last week, I think a lot of you probably heard the last podcast episode or the quick tip update where I was filming in a new location. I was staying in an Airbnb because I had decided for my mental health to book an Airbnb that was literally right down the street from where I'm living right now because I just realized I haven't had a single day alone since October. (laughs) And like I said in that episode, I am somebody who identifies as like an ambivert where I would say I'm like 60% extroverted and 40% introverted and not being able to spend any time alone was really weighing on me in more ways than I realized. And so when I was getting my hair done like a week and a half ago, I was sitting there and I was like, what can I do to solve this problem? I don't want to travel anymore. I don't want to like, I don't want to leave the area because I'm too tired of traveling and constantly like upending my routine. What can I do instead? And so I started looking at Airbnbs in my area and I was like, ah, found the perfect one. But an update, (laughs) I got charged $105 because they said that my cat clawed through the chair, like one of their bar stools. And when I looked like they had sent pictures to try and like show me how terribly clawed up these chairs were. And there were like four or five pin pricks on the chair that like like one of the photos I couldn't even see what it was that they were pointing out and I obviously paid because I do not want to be an asshole but it was pretty frustrating because first of all I paid a pet fee which would have covered $60 of the chair secondly the likelihood that they would replace the chair that has nearly invisible pin pricks in it I feel like is slim to none and having charged me the full price I just it's like shouldn't you get charged the full price if you have to replace the chair the chair did not need to be no one in their right mind would replace the chair based off of the photos that they sent me but again like I'm not an Airbnb host so I don't know the kind of stuff that they deal with but I was kind of annoyed because here's the thing too. They let pets come there. Like you pay the fee in case something like that does happen. I didn't even know that had happened. And then you use the pet fee to cover any of the additional cleaning or, you know, additional damage. But I wouldn't even call that damage. I had everybody look at it. Cause I was like, am I being crazy? But I can't even see what they're pointing at. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> So it kind of ended on that like sour note. I've never had that happen before. Granted, this is my very first time going to an Airbnb with a cat. So I just told Cat that he made it or cash that he made at a very expensive Airbnb. I mean, it was $105 and it was a $1,600 Airbnb reservation. It just felt a little silly. I feel like if I was a host and I saw that, first of all, I don't know if I would have even seen it. Secondly, I don't think I would have asked for the full price of one chair because I wouldn't have replaced the chair. I might have said like, hey, you know, I'm going to have to charge you like 20 bucks to go towards 
the cost of a new chair eventually once down the road we do replace them but i wouldn't have asked for an entirely new chair (laughs) you know damn well they're not replacing that chair (sighs) so it was just like the principle it reminds me of like when i've gotten into like fender benders i think i want to say in my lifetime i've gotten into like three or four fender benders knock on wood and not all of them have been my fault that sounds so bad (laughs) it was like when i was really young let me say that the most recent one that i had was like two or three years ago but in any time that i've ever had a fender bender or like a friend has had a fender bender i feel like every single time someone claims that they now have back pain because of it even if it was like a love tap or like this tiny little like bump. And I'm happy to take ownership. I'm happy to pay for the repairs of your car. But whenever folks are like, oh, let me use this as an opportunity to also get my back pain covered. It just feels so crappy. Like just like with the Airbnb situation where they're like, oh, let's use this as an opportunity to get a new chair. It's like, what? That's shitty. And after responding, I realized I could have said, sure, you know, I'm happy to do that. Just send me the receipt once you've purchased a new one and I'm happy to reimburse you could have said that i also could have denied it apparently and if i had denied it then they would have had to take it to airbnb and then airbnb would decide what was a reasonable amount to pay or have the guest be charged but i'm just i don't like confrontation so i said yep no problem (laughs) with an exclamation point even though i was like man i wish i hadn't left them a review that was so nice (laughs) because to me this is kind of shitty and like i kind of had weird vibes from the beginning because they immediately messaged me after we got there and said, Oh, Hey, we saw on the nest camera. So they watched me arrive. That's freaking creepy. They're like, we saw on the nest camera that you brought a cat and a dog. And I had thought, because I always, for those of you who are watching the door behind me, just open like magically because Logan just walked in. But anyway, I obviously run a lot of Airbnbs. And so I'm always really careful to make sure that I have hi Logan, that I like include Logan and cash. And somehow I had messed up and hadn't like included that, even though the Airbnb allows pets. And so she had messaged me and just said like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to have to charge you pet rent for, you know, having those animals. And I was like, Oh, no problem. Like, I thought I had done it and I'm sorry about that. So, but the fact that they're like, Hey, we watched you arrive. (laughs) That's so creepy. And it really sets a bad foot for the whole stay or starts it off on a bad foot. So I just got weird controlling vibes. And here's the thing. I don't know if my feelings toward it are valid. I don't know if that's a valid reason to be like, you know, I'm not sure I would come back because I don't really feel like welcome here. (laughs) And I don't know if that's like reasonable or not. Like is the damage that, and I'm using air quotes on the damage of the chair. Is that something that really was justified in charging me or was it not? I don't know. I've never been an Airbnb host. It just annoyed me regardless. And I don't know if that's me being entitled or not. I'm open to hearing that I'm being entitled. Like I will adjust my attitude, but there is that level of frustration. That's like, I already paid $1,600 for this space. This Space allows animals here, cats included. I paid a pet deposit or not even a deposit, a pet fee. And like, I'm more than happy to pay for this, but like a whole new chair? Really? Really? 
So I'm curious what you guys would have felt or done or thought. Like a lot of people would probably just not pay it and then wait for Airbnb to decide like the level of expense that should go into it. I mean, I feel like an asshole even complaining about it. Like, yes, there was some damage on it. I guess I just feel like I wouldn't have replaced the chairs. So it was 105 bucks. Here's the thing. The bright side of everything is like $105 a couple of years ago, like a surprise $105 expense would have absolutely stressed me out a few years ago. This time, $105 expense is not something that I'm stressing out over. I'm just annoyed by it. And that's good. (laughs) That's progress. So I do have to recognize that. And like, I do know I'm privileged. I do know I'm blessed, but it's still freaking annoying. It's more about the principle. It's more about the freaking principle. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, you guys let me know if I'm being a jerk, if I'm being entitled. (laughs) Uh, I still paid it. I still paid it. It's just my thoughts on the whole situation. It left a bad taste in my mouth. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) So anyway, that's like the very uninteresting update for me. In terms of the quick money tip that I wanted to talk to you guys about this week is setting boundaries with friends around money. I feel like it is not uncommon for me to get a message on TikTok or Instagram that's like, how do you like let your friends know that you can't do something because it's not in the budget? How do you set boundaries with friends who always want to go out or always want to do things? How do you like still have a good time and like still maintain these close relationships without like completely ruining all your financial goals as well? And so I wanted to address some of those boundaries and give some tips and ideas and things that you guys can think about as you're moving forward in your money journey. And sometimes that may look like saying no to more things and giving you guys some tools to navigate those conversations will hopefully make it a little bit easier. So when it comes to setting money boundaries with our friends or even our family, I do think communication is key. I think it's so important. And I know that's lame and corny, but it's the truth. And one of the things that I have found works wonders when it comes to setting boundaries is being willing to get a little vulnerable, to share a little bit about why you're making the decision that you're making and just being honest. So boundaries when making them with friends and family around money, that can look like saying no to something that costs money or isn't in the budget. That can look like offering an alternative solution that is free or cheap because you don't want to do the paid thing that they're inviting you to. Sometimes it can look like requesting a Zelle or sending a Venmo payment. But in terms of that conversation that often has to happen is, let's say, I feel like the most common is you have a friend who's inviting you to this fun thing that you want to go to, but you're trying to save money, so you have to say no. That conversation looks like saying, hey, I really want to do that. That sounds like a lot of fun but I am really working on insert your money goal here. I'm really working on becoming debt-free. I'm really working on saving an emergency fund. I'm really working on investing as much as possible right now. And that's just not in the budget for me right now, even though I would love to join you. Would you be interested in doing insert free, cheap, fun activity here? Now, that free, cheap, fun activity can be Let's cook a dinner together. Let's go for a walk. Let's just hang out and catch up, have some tea. 
I think this very short script, it works because one, you're being honest. That is true. You are saying no, not because you don't want to do it. You're saying no, because you have more pressing priorities. Number two, you're being vulnerable. You're sharing a part of yourself. You're saying, hey, I would love to, but I also would love to finally reach my money goals this year. And who can say no to that? Who can say, nah, I think you need to abandon yourself and do what I want to do instead. Your goals don't matter. If a friend reacts that way, then I think you have a pretty clear idea out there. A friend that you want to keep close in your life. And then the other reason that I think that little script works is because you're offering a solution. Nobody likes to constantly be told no without any other solutions to how you guys can hang out. This person is reaching out because they want to spend time with you. So if you can, if you have the time, the energy, and the desire, you offer an alternative solution. This is what I did all of the time when I was in my super frugal years and doing as much as I could to live off of as little as I could. And the thing is, every time I would offer that, the other person was like relieved. They were excited. There's never been a time where I'm like, yeah, I'm really trying to save more money right now that somebody's like, oh, I'm not trying to do that. I am not trying to save money right now. (laughs) Especially in your 20s and your 30s. I mean, and probably, I mean, for most of your life, because who isn't trying to save a little bit more money and in many times, unless you're in an incredibly privileged situation. So And here's the thing too, the conversation. So that's like a simple conversation, a simple request. Somebody asks you to do something and you say, no, but let's do this. What do you do when the stakes are higher? When like somebody's asking you to be a bridesmaid or somebody's asking you to travel to an event with them or somebody's asking something much bigger and more meaningful. I think the script still works. You just have to expand on it. So for example, the most common one that I can think of is what do you do if somebody wants you to be in their wedding and you're like, I can't afford that right now. So first, you have to tell them how excited you are to even be asked, how pumped you are for their union, how much you can't wait to see this couple married. And second, you've got to thank them for saying, you know, or for inviting you to be part of their wedding to even being considered. And then third, you've got to say, as much as I would love to do this, as much as I would love to be there for you on your special day, I am concerned about the cost. Here's why. I can't go into debt because of this. Or I'm working on saving for a home and this is a huge priority for me. Or I need to save for an emergency fund. Or I just, I think the most powerful one is I really cannot go into debt for travel right now. I can't go into the debt for weddings right now, even though I really do want to be there for you. And I would almost leave it at that. And I would think this has to be like an in-person, over-the-phone conversation, not a text conversation, because you want feedback. So you say that and you get their reaction. And what's good about this is they may consider ways to still have you involved, but where it's not as big as a financial burden. If a friend came to me and it was a friend who I really wanted to be at my wedding or be in my wedding, and they came and they said to me, Chloe, I love you. I'm so excited for your marriage. I cannot wait for you guys to join together as one or whatever, you know. That sounded weird, but you know what I mean. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I want to be there to support you, but I am struggling with my finances right now. I continue to struggle with my finances and I feel like I'm not making any progress. And I just don't think I can swing being in your wedding or going to your wedding. 
if I received that message from a friend, of course I would be disappointed. But if they were a really close friend to me and it meant a lot for them to come, I would start thinking of ways that they could still come, but it would be affordable for them. So for example, I would potentially offer to help pay for part of it. I would say, hey, what if you still can be in my wedding, but I'll pay for your dress, I'll pay for your flight, and you know, if you could cover your stay, that would be great. Like, would that help? Or for example, I could say, hey, I really want you to be my bridesmaid and I'm willing to work with you to figure out how you can still do that. You know, what if you didn't come to the bachelorette party? Or is there, you know, what if, you know, skipped all gifts? Obviously, I wouldn't expect any gifts. The gifts is your presence there. What can I do to like make it happen? What can I do to make sure that you're coming or that you can come? And that may look like a financial decision. It may look like letting them opt out of certain things, but like it's opening that conversation and it's giving the person you love and you want to support an opportunity to troubleshoot with you, an opportunity to consider ways to get you to come. And that's what I would want to do in that situation. Now, granted, if it was a situation where I knew the person was just being cheap or I had done those things for them in the past or I knew they were in a financially like strong situation, they were just saying it because they didn't want to or they were flaking, I would question my closeness to the relationship. But most of the time when people are coming and they do care about you and they want to be part of your day, but they can't afford it, there are solutions and you guys can work through those together. If somebody came to me and they're just like, I can't come because I've got no money (laughs) and like they didn't have, they weren't willing to like talk to me about it or like troubleshoot, that would hurt my feelings more because I would want an opportunity to be like, okay, well, how can I make it happen for you? Like, what if I set you up with a roommate or what if I like, like a roommate at the wedding or what if, you know, I would want the opportunity to problem solve so that I know I did whatever I could to make sure that this person that I love was able to come. So honesty and vulnerability and being able to find other solutions, I feel like is key. And even in that situation where like as a bridesmaid or something along those lines, you guys can't come to a decision where it does work and you can make it happen. There's still the like wrap up of like, I can't come, but I would love to go out to dinner with you to celebrate. I would love to come by with a gift. I would love to see you and celebrate you guys as a couple. You know, whatever it is you can do to show your support and your love. That doesn't necessarily have to be a monetary thing. I think that's important too. So that's, I think, my biggest boundaries. I have established those boundaries many times with friends. And in fact, some of my closest friends we do what's called a fam night. And granted, we haven't done one in about a year because I've been gone. But fam night to us was just like staying in, making food or ordering food, and then like watching a movie together. Those kind of low stakes hangs where you're like wearing sweatpants. And as you're watching the movie, you guys are like dicking around on your phones. Or maybe it's even like a game night. Like those kind of hangout sessions for me are my absolute all-time favorites. And those are the people who feel like family to me. Those are the people who I do want to spend time with. Those are the people who I would spend a ridiculous amount of money on if they needed me to. So I hope that's helpful. I hope that gives you some food for thought. I know wedding season's coming up. So hopefully it's coming at an opportune time. But that's all I got for you guys today. So thank you all for being here. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Money Bear Podcast. If you've made it this far, do us a favor, take two seconds, rate, review, and subscribe. It seriously means the world to me. And if you just take a sec to do that, I will appreciate you endlessly. And if you do, let me know on Instagram and I'll thank you personally. So got that. And of course, since we're talking about anything financial on this show, please note that nothing on this show is intended as financial advice. I don't know you, unfortunately, and because of that, I cannot tell you what to do with your money. you got to work with a financial professional who knows your situation, who is preferably a fiduciary, and keep in mind that everything that we talk about on this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It's all my opinion. So, there's that. If you want to see our full terms and conditions, head on over to the show notes. And while you're there, we've got free resources for you to get started on your money journey down in the show notes as well, including a free guide to help you with your budgeting templates and budgeting tutorials and investing 101, understanding the different accounts that are out there. All that good stuff is inside of my free guide, which is also available at thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash guide. And if you're ready to take our relationship to the next level, I am also hosting a monthly investing class. And that investing class, you can find the times we're offering it this month at thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash webinar. That link is in the show notes as well. And that's where you have the chance to meet me live and ask those money questions live. It's a good time. We've had over 20,000 people as of recording this join or register. And yeah, it's always nice to meet you guys. So I hope to see you there again. All that is available down in the show notes. So thank you again for coming and listening. I appreciate you and I'll see you next week.